411 Live. Where you can learn about issues that affect us every day. State of world, 411 Live. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. Question for you. What are you passionate about? Hmm. What do you stand for? What would you stand out for, advocate for? Hello, everyone. This is Beverly Taylor, and this is the 411 Live, real people, real talk. I have a special guest with me, Tori Lowe. Tori is, wow, what all could I t- say about you? Community and social justice advocate and the host of the Tory Lowe Show on 101.7 The Truth, airing weekdays from 4 to 4 p.m. Right. Or 1 to 4 p.m. 1 to um, 4. Tory Lowe from 1 to 4. Yeah, there you go. And I, I hear you. I listen to you. Um, I wanted to bring you on the 411 Live because as some of our listeners and viewers know, I was in the news business, Fox 6 News, for mm. 21 years. A legend. Oh, uh, well. And doing a lot of a lot of different stories within the community. And we have come in contact yep. during that tenure. And what I noticed about you is you are well connected with the community, with the black community especially, and they trust you. Right. And so things come up and they are contacting you probably before they're contacting, say, police. Many times. Yeah. If it's a, you know, a criminal kind of circumstance um, or a missing person, they're contacting you. Facts. You know, Um, there's there's a trust factor within that. There's something that says, well, I can trust him and I believe he will hear me. Well, that's a. That's because of a, they saw a result that somebody else got. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do is just go out and bring a result and everybody going to come running. I mean, help is a, a universal idea. When you help somebody and if you're successful, other people are going to want that same result. So my connection with my people is they want those results that they see other people have gotten. So they, it's not like they, you know, we're friends or we, right. I know them or I, I never even seen these people before. But what they're after is the resolve. And well, so with to come to that point, mm-hmm. you had to help somebody, right? You had to um, be willing to listen to take and action. take a risk and okay. take a risk. Well, yeah. here's the thing: is this a for you? Is this a calling? Right. It's it's definitely a calling because I had a, a severe situation in Minnesota. I always tell people I was made in Minnesota. I went out to Minnesota. I got into this relationship, went to this small town, uh, got into an incident at a packing house where some white men tried to jump me in the back of the packing house, tie me up and throw me in the hog grinder. So I got out of the situation, got to my house. They came to my house, tried to snatch me out of my house, and I was living above my landlord, and he came up with a gun and got him off the doorstep. Oh, wow. Well, when we was telling the police what took place that night, they arrested me and said I jumped them. And that's when I started realizing that all the stuff they told you about, get a good job, mm-hmm. you know, grow up, try to be a man, try to do the right thing, and everything will work out fine. It's not true. Wow. Okay. So how do you come out of that? Because here's here's my thought. People gravitate to you when they know he understands right. what I'm going through. Like 
when somebody dies, say my mom died, and somebody who hasn't had the death in their family, they've never experienced it, and they tell me, I know how you feel. Right. Really? But if someone that I know, their mom has died, their dad has died, and I have seen them go through the grief, and then they come to me and they say, I know where you are, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to listen to them because I know that they've, they've been where I am. And you can relate. And I can relate. So I see that in a sense with you from that experience, which right. was traumatic. Right. I've been through a severe, several severe traumatic experiences, but I think that was the biggest one, uh, what happened to me at work in, in, in Worthington, Minnesota. Because I had to go to a federal court. I had to, I had to deal with uh, the politics of, of, of law. Mm-hmm. And then I had to deal with like so many different facets, like the police department, the township, uh, on a federal level. And so when I came home, I already understood and how to win, you know. So I came home with kind of a blueprint on how to get things done. And let, in a let's way. let's just back this up because this happened to you. So they arrested you. Yep, they arrested me. So you had to go through that. I part. had to get out of that, and then, and you then sued. had to sue them. Like you sued them. So it took me four and a half years to do all of that. It, it wasn't a a quick process. So I let that that showed me patience. Yeah. And so when I came, I mean, I, I've been a part of almost like 60-something lawsuits on the state of Wisconsin. Really? Yeah, organized it. Oh, my gosh. Now, the one in Minnesota, you won, right? I won, yeah. That's why I'm a part. That's, it makes sense, though. Think about it. If I went through that mm-hmm. and I won, why wouldn't I try to duplicate that with others? Right. So most people come to me for the well-rounded idea, no matter if it's law, no matter if it's tragedy, no matter if it's mis. I mean— they just want that resolve, but I got the confidence to be able to do it because I had a personal experience where I was able to get on a high level of dealing with things on a discriminatory level, on a hate crime type level, and then I was able to get here in Milwaukee, which is one of the most segregated uh, states, Wisconsin, right. and then all you see is discriminatory ideas or things going on. When I first came home, the first thing I ever dealt with was illegal strip searching, and I couldn't oh. believe that officers was doing this right. to, to black men. So I, one of the mothers called me and told me this, and I'm looking at her like, what? So the boys, we got the boys together, and they started telling me these stories. And that was my first lawsuit that I ever organized was against officers from the 5th District, Vagnini, all of those officers. I and, remember I covered and, that. Yeah, yeah. and I, that was one of my first times uh, coming out of Minnesota and dealing with lawsuits. And then from there it was... It was a wrap. And that was a successful lawsuit. Of course. Most of my lawsuits are successful. Wow. Okay. I had a successful lawsuit, so I know what it looked like. And you know sometimes the wheels of justice are slow. And that's what I'm saying. It's a, it, If I take on a family, that, uh, I was with uh, uh, James Perry and Derek Williams' family for like 10 years. You know, mm. I, I, I know. I know the process. I had to go through it, so I understand it. What are some of the—because I, I think of all the things— that I've covered, and your name comes up, you know, the family, Torilo, or Torilo will be our spokesperson, or, you know, this mm-hmm. kind of thing. What are some of the cases that you think of that kind of resonate with you, just kind of linger? Uh, it's, a, it, I don't, it's a lot of them. Yeah. I, I think it's a couple homicides that linger with me, and then it's a couple police shootings mm-hmm. that linger. 
But I think that the missing girls mm -hmm. linger with me the most. Because once the mother tells me that her daughter has been missing, I'm on the clock to get her home. And a lot of people don't understand, uh, at least in Milwaukee, missing is heavily tied to human trafficking. Exactly. Heavily. So when I hear missing, I automatically think I got to get this girl before she's broken in and shipped off. So you only got a certain amount of time. At one time, a girl uh, went missing for 30 days, and I, and I found her in Chicago. I remember that. So what I'm saying is those are the ones that, that bother me the most when girls, young girls are involved and hearing some of their stories uh, and how their lifestyle uh, kind of caused them to be in these positions is just sad to see. You know, it's a underneath, it's an underbelly in this city that most people will never realize unless they roll up their sleeves and get directly involved. Yeah. But I get to hear hundreds and hundreds of these stories. So those are the ones that, that kind of uh, weighs on my brain heavy. Yeah. When the 411 Live started, um, our our first first and second, I think, season, what it was devoted to human trafficking, mm -hmm. sex trafficking, um, talking about, you know, the, the full gamut, you know, talking to survivors and folks who help them and tattoo people who try to get tattoos off, remove their tattoos right. from, you know, that bondage. Um, so hearing you say that is, you know, that that's near and dear to my heart. And mm -hmm. that's encouraging to help because and then I remember when I was a reporter and those calls would come into the newsroom. You know, my daughter is missing. Mm -hmm. And it's and call the police and it's like, well, it hadn't been so so long or we don't consider this critical missing because she's run away right. before and, you know, that kind of thing. So we're not looking for her. But the parent knows, you know. Well, see, with me is I don't wait on the police. Exactly. I, I'm, if a mother tell me she don't know where her daughter is, I'm on it right away. And that's why I say, like, you know, you got to be in tune with... I mean, you can't wait for people to get it right. Yeah, because traffickers can take you, take a girl and go. go. Right, they're out of Wisconsin. Not not only that. Look at the mental damage, the psychological. When I get these girls back, a lot of people don't understand. Oh, we got this girl. It's oh yay! But when they get home, they so psychologically uh, traumatized yeah. that that girl that left may not be the same girl that comes back. So that's a whole thing within itself. And I have to deal with the whole gamut. Yep. There are resources that right. need to be tapped developed. into. Yeah. Yeah, not even tapped into, developed for today's times. This is not the old school human trafficking. People who fight against human trafficking, they'll go on 35th and, and write and get women that are on drugs that's out here selling. That's not human trafficking. Well, human trafficking is when you take somebody and you try to force them into a life of slavery, you know, and, right. and, and of sex. And a lot of people get those things confused. I seen people, I was like, no, that's not human trafficking. They be like, what do you mean? I said, no, that's somebody that has a drug problem and they out here selling themselves. Right. That's prostitution. Exactly. And there's a difference. Yeah, it's and definitely don't, a difference. Don't yeah. always see that. Um, and the girls are young. Right. They are young. But it can happen at any age. But nowadays it's a different route. It's social media plays a huge mm -hmm. part in missing and, and human trafficking. They, a girl could be sitting right next to her mother with a man in her inbox now, like with these cell phones. I mean, you don't have to walk down the street no more. You don't have to be outside. Um, you could just be on TikTok or on a social media site, right. and, and they have access to your child if you don't have the right... Uh, things set up so they don't go that far. 
But even if you do have those things set up, they're still not going to stop some young boy or somebody to get to them because as long as they have those devices in their hands, it's an opportunity for somebody who's clever enough to get in their ear and, and they could be sitting right next to the family thinking that you thinking that everything is fine, but it's, you know, as long as they got these devices and right. if you're not aware, it's really not. Yeah. It's really not okay. That cliche hidden in plain sight right. is really true. Yeah. You're on, I mentioned that you're on the radio. You have the Tory Lowe show, The Truth on the Hey. Truth. Are you having fun? I'm, I'm having a good time. I think Truth Nation <laughs> is one of the, is some of the best listening audiences because what I wanted to create was an active listening audience. Mm-hmm. People that not only we're talking on the radio, but they out in the streets getting things done where we get out, not only talk about it, but we get our hands on things and then maybe look for a missing person. Maybe help a woman who's being evicted with some help. I mean, the other day we had a great conversation about mental health crisis, mm-hmm. not the thought of mental health like people having problems in their mind. I'm talking about when the person is freaking out, a threat to themselves, a threat to the mom, uh, you know, running down the street with no clothes on, you know, freaking out, that type of mental health crisis. What kind of resources do, you know, do we have? And that was a great conversation because people was calling in, professionals was calling in, saying, call this number. This is what we need to do. And it was a blessing to have that radio station right. to have that kind of conversation. Right. To be that resource so people right. know where to go and who to contact. Right. So that's good. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about uh, some of the stuff that Tory's into and um, some of the ideas he has about the city of Milwaukee. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Wait, not in the toilet. No, don't do that. No. Don't hit your brother. Ooh. Not again. What did I tell you about playing in the mud? Ugh. Raffi, not so close to the pool. Wait! Frankie, happy. What are you doing? We told you never to touch the gun. I'm sorry, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. You could have hurt yourself. Safely store your guns. Unload, lock, and away from ammo. The thing that drives me every day as a dad is him. Every day he's hungry for something. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as it's coming from love, then it kind of starts to work itself out. Welcome back to the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. And this is Real Talk with the Tory Lowe. Tory, we talk about you helping to find young girls missing. Right. Um, you know, families of homicide victims coming to you, different people asking for your help. And you were saying, this is God's work. Oh, definitely. This is not Tory. Most definitely. Like, when people talk about me, they're talking about God's work because it's free labor. I never got a penny. Uh, Plus, I never had the support. I mean, you know, when police look for somebody, they use a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. How am I able to do what they do at a quicker, faster pace? You know, God can only be a part of that, especially when you don't have all of the people helping you, all the resources. You See, God will give you the wisdom and knowledge and understanding on how to get it done, and it's simple to me. Those ideas are not complex, you know. Right. And we were talking, too, about, you know, people uh, contacting you. They see something, they contact you. Right. I don't like that. 
I'm, but that's why I say I'm the most requested advocate in the state. I mean, it went from me helping my community to whites calling me. I get calls from everybody, mm-hmm. Native Americans, whites. Matter of fact, uh, my birthday last year, the Native Americans uh, in Green Bay, they threw me a birthday party on oh, the wow. reservation. And they did a surprise birthday for me. I mean, it was crazy. You oh, know? how nice. How neat hey, is that? The all-nighter, you know. Yeah. I was I was shocked. But, see, that's how much I mean to them, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my help, my dedication to people, period. So that's why I say I, I'm up and down the state. I deal with a lot of different races. But the bulk of my work is in the most neglected part of Wisconsin, which is Milwaukee. Right. So does On the it- north side. And you were talking about the thing that bothers you is people see it and then they call you and they don't. You want action. You want right. to see more people active. Active. That's yeah. the end goal. Really, that's the end goal. Uh, result-based ideas. Uh, people are able to turn things around themselves. I think we look for Superman to fly in. Mm-hmm. I'm more like Batman. <laughs> and and if, if you really understand Batman, he did beat Superman. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. So, okay. So what I'm saying is, <laughs> but yet he was just... He just was there to get it done. He was there to mm-hmm. to figure it out. You know, he he wasn't he didn't have any real superpowers. You know, he just was somebody that you know answered the call. Yeah. So this is what we all have to do. We all can be like that. We all can handle this. We all can say, okay, here's the problem. Let's get together and solve. You don't have to have a, a table full of people, a meeting with five different ideas, people arguing over ideas. You right. can just go and do it, and it'll work itself out. And I think that when we start becoming more proactive instead of reactive, our communities will change overnight. What would be some of the proactive things that you would like to see? Well, well, like I said, first of all, I would love to see people like get to know their neighbors, mm. you know, you know, just like everybody else in every other community, every other race. Get to know how many people in your neighborhood, the children. So when things happen, you can rally quickly to get things done. Yeah. Right now, we're living in neighborhoods and we we don't even talk to nobody. They're, they're a part of our extended life. You know, so we have to start making sure that we keep up with our extended, our our life outside of our houses so we can understand how to rally quickly if tragedy strikes instead of everybody clueless of they didn't even know they even lived down there. Mm -hmm. They didn't even know there was three kids in that house. You know, I remember when I was in Iowa and and we would move into a place and the neighbors would come and knock on the door and, and bring us goodies and, hey, how you doing? Just to meet us, just to see, you know, get a little information right. on who the neighbors are. And I thought that was nice. And then they would throw a potluck on the weekends and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, wow, like those are great concepts when you, you know, you don't want to be in nobody's business. Right. But you do want to know who's around you, you know. So when things happen, crime. Uh, you know who has what, who's doing what, who has the camera, mm-hmm. who's doing what. We got to work together to protect each other. And I think that if that can start happening, great things will start uh, processing quickly. How do you get people into that mindset, though? Be the example. Be you know, the example. I'm an example of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get it done. Nobody's going to argue with my ability to get things resolved. But, you know, they think Tory Lowe, that's an anomaly. No, I, I'm telling them that in the white community, it's a thousand Tory Lowe's. George, they just call him George. <laughs> it just, I'm just saying, they they in the schools, they yeah. political, uh, they're, they're in the neighborhoods, you know, they are keeping their property up. 
you know, then you come home, you get in a black community, you do the same thing that George does, and they call you an advocate, an activist. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's just funny to me. Thank God I lived out of Iowa and Minnesota for 11 years so I can see that. Because when they label- see what's possible. Well, when they labeled me, I was like, whoa, like, that was odd. Because they called me an activist. I didn't call myself an activist. The news called me an activist. Mm-hmm. I guess they had to have a title. I guess, I guess they had to give me a title. Now, I call myself an advocate because an advocate is something different. An advocate is something that is taking on an issue- personally with the families or with the individuals and seeing it all the way through to the end. Right. An activist can just show up with a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, pump their fist at a rally and go home and go to sleep. And do nothing else. They don't have to do nothing else. They right. brought they they got on Fox 6. I mean they got on the news. Speaking of the news, uh I think every reporter in the city has your phone number. Of course. You know, the the my relationship with the city is a deep Person, I'm cool with everybody. Everybody, I talk to everybody. I, you know, I t- the conversations I have, everybody when they talk to me, they don't put on that professional type talk. They talk to me. Mm-hmm. I know they got kids. I know I, I, they talk to me for real. Even the reporters, all the news reporters, when they call me, hey Tori, you know we just had a kid, or you know this is what they're doing for vacation. I get to talk to them for real. And But when we get out in the streets and start working on situations, we can have a, a deeper conversation about what's going on. Right. And sometimes I control some of the way these ideas come out. You know, with you so um, entrenched in the community, people trusting you uh, in the midst of some heavy stuff, what is the relationship with the police? Because it looks, it seems to me. Ain't no relationship if, if with the police. If, well, if I'm a, a cop and I'm investigating some stuff and I know this person is keyed in, I might tap them. I'm, I'm not I'm not dealing with the police like that. I don't think I'm doing is I'm working with them. Right. Okay, because we want to minimize the crime. Right. We want to get people off the street that's doing things that they're not supposed to do. But ain't no relationship with, between me and the police department. It's just, um, like, let's say if a mother called me and, and somebody killed her son. Mm-hmm. She's the go-between between the police and myself. Mm-hmm. She's the one that has to uh, transfer the information. And I like it like that. Mm-hmm. It keeps me neutral, and it keeps them neutral, and it keeps us focused on the victims. Right, right. What do you think about, uh, there are different organizations in the city. Uh, good organizations, for ah. sure. Oh, stop it. Um, and they are, you know, they, they have their banner around social justice, civil rights, reducing It's just titles. Crime. It's just a bunch of rhetoric. You, you All right, see too much uh, of No, that. come on now. Like, let's get real. Now, if we're going to have a real conversation, I'm going to tell you this. Mm-hmm. They're getting monies. You know, I'm doing this with no money. So I know what, what potentially can happen. Right. So when you have the monies, you have the organization, and, and you're doing... You, you're not doing the maximum amount. If I'm doing more than your whole organization, see, that, I'm going to have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But there are some good organizations out here that do a lot of work, and I appreciate that. But there's few and far between. That's an anomaly. You know, what's, what's really going on is mismanagement of funds. Uh, people are getting these monies. They're creating jobs and salaries for themselves. 501c3, to me, is one of the biggest scams in the city of Milwaukee. How do you got all these 501c3s, all these churches, and we the worst place to raise a black child? 
See, see, that don't make no sense. And we don't even have a million population. We got only 600,000, close to 600,000 population, only what, 260,000, a little bit more blacks. And you get millions of dollars and we can't turn nothing around? Something's wrong. Come on now. Let's, let's do the math here. Let's not, nothing personal, nothing opinionated. Mm -hmm. We got enough money coming in taxpayers' dollars to see this kind of stuff. It's, it's sickening. Yeah. I'm concerned about our young people. I'm very concerned. I mean, younger and younger, and they're dying. You know, stealing cars, running and running from police, and wrecking and dying. Well, due to years of neglect of the youth uh, with the education system, uh, high poverty level, high stress levels. Also, I believe when they took the buses and turned it over to the M car where it takes $10 to get somewhere a day or something like that. You know, with these M cars, with these credit, it's grownups that ain't even managing uh, credit cards correctly. Right. Right. But you got these kids and they got to keep up with this M card to get on the bus. Okay. They're going to find a way to get around. Wow. Think about it. Yeah. All right. Once we, it, before they switched over to the M car, it wasn't that many stealing carjackings or nothing like that. It was, it was going on, but it wasn't a lot. But measure every year after they switch the transfer system over. How how these kids getting around? How 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 these poor children getting from A to B? They, they their parents are uh, women are highly evicted. You know, I see more evicted women. Uh, I say eviction is the new homeless in my generation. Mm -hmm. You know, so it ain't like the homeless when I came up with my grandmother. This is this you know. This is women with children sitting on the right. side of the road. What you think is going on yeah. with these children? Due to a lot of neglect and mismanagement of the leadership, of the philosophy on the North Side, we're seeing the end result of a lot of uh, people looking the other way over years and years. And now when you see these reactions and youth are acting out, it's not even the youth. We're looking at the youth, but look at their parents. Look at the 70% or more single-family households. You need two incomes nowadays. Everything is going to food, right. water, gas. You can't make it on a, on a, on a one-income family. If you, if, you, if you do have enough money or you're educated enough to get yourself in a space where you can have enough money and be by yourself, that's fine. What about the generational divide? Now, you— um and I'm not even sure how old you are, but I'm, I'm I can. Forty-five. You're 45, but I see you and having, handsome. Hey, hey there handsome. you go, there you go. And I see you able to talk to the older and the younger, but not a lot of people can't do that. You know, my my age, my generation, I never went through what these young kids right. are going through. I didn't face a lot of the right. things that they're facing, so I don't have that experience. How how do you? You know, help that divide. Mm, I, I just, I just, I do music. Uh, you know, I do social justice music, and I try to, I try to be where they are. Mm -hmm. I try to make it a point to go where they are, all the time. You know, just like I make it a point to go to church. Like, and and even though I would never be a member at none of these churches, I still go and see them because anywhere where our people are, you got to be there. Right. You know, you can't just say, oh, I'm not going to go over here because I don't believe in that. You got to go over there because your people are over there. And if you got a message, you got to be able to deliver that message. And that's the same thing that Jesus did. He was everywhere. Even a, even a woman with, a, with an issue of blood, 
was able to touch the hem of his garment because he was available. He was in the midst of his people where the where the disenfranchised, even sick people that was taking up their beds to try to figure out, you know, where Jesus was at. But then when the establishment came for Jesus, they needed Judas to kiss him on the cheek to figure out who he was because right. they didn't they wasn't even in touch with the people. So do you think is that with using that, are you saying that our a lot of our leaders are not in the midst no, of the not. people? They, they come down the streets with security guards and police. I, I never carried a gun around my people. I walk, I walk freely, even at this level, at this level of my, I walk through the neighborhoods. I don't even worry about that because I'm in tune with them. But if you out of tune, you got to bring the police. And that's one of the most trust, uh, untrusted ideas in the black community is the uh, law enforcement. So if you're walking around surrounded by law enforcement. You're turning the people come off. Come on now. Like, let's think about this. Yeah. Wow. Last final thoughts, because we're almost out of time. But right. kind of final thoughts of where we are as a city mm-hmm. or where you are. Well, where I am right now, I'm I'm trying to get big. I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to put out an, a big idea of, of just us coming together, working together, and not how the traditional way, having meetings. You know, let's meet in the street. Let's meet around a situation. Let's meet and try to get things resolved. That's what I'm about. I'm not, I'm not about sitting there talking. Let's, let's figure it out. Let's talk about the solution while we're trying to figure it out. And I think that if people can start doing that, meeting that way, gathering that way, hey, and then we got to go eat lunch too while we're trying to figure it out, right? There you go. Community. Community, there exactly. Tori, thank you. Hey, God bless you. It was a it was a great time talking to you. Hey, I'm in the room with a legend. <laughs> Listen, I appreciate that, but I appreciate you. So thank you for hey, joining us. Hey, and I appreciate us. you too. Thank you, Queen. All right. And thank you for joining us for another edition of the 4111 Live. Did I say 4111? <laughs> Listen, we are a nonprofit organization. So if you are so inclined, go to our website, the411live.org, and you can help us out. But until next time, we hope you will come back and continue to join us. This is the 411 Live. I'm Beverly Taylor. Real people, real talk. If you would like to check out past episodes, there are many ways. Go to your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like and watch us on Facebook. Watch and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, go to our website the 411live.org.